This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, guys? How are you? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Bostonian versus the book. He's the book, Dave Sherapan. I'm the Bostonian, Matt Peralt here on Props.com on the Props YouTube channel. And after the show, wherever you get your audio podcasts, after the last wild card weekend game. Dave, another stinker, man. Another boar fest. Is what it is. Like it's it's done. We 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 could finish. We can tie it all up in a bow today and be done with the whole thing. We're looking forward to this weekend already. Um, we, you know, we we did the I have a dream parlay, and and it kicked off with the loss. Which, in hindsight, had I known Durant wasn't playing, I'd have just steered us to another That's game. That's my fault. I, 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 didn't, I knew. I knew that because I, I kept asking, like, why is why is Cleveland minus four? Why is Cleveland minus four? Like there was the line did make sense, and but that's why with, I asked with Kyrie, Kyrie and, well, Kyrie and Harden, yeah, both playing. I thought they'd cover a four. It came down to one possession. Yeah, they lost, it, they lost it, by seven. It's crazy how the total and the side came down to one possession at the end of that game, and we get the dribble out right there at the end. We knew when we missed that shot. We're like, all right, we're done. But yeah, NFL playoffs uh, favorites go five and one. It's that easy. Um, a, a lot of people are already DMing me. How do I get started in your, in the space doing what you're doing? I want to be a professional handicapper. I picked all the winners this weekend and I had the dog that won. I had San Francisco. Oh, okay. Listen, this is, this is great. Um, do it again and then do it again and then do it for the next 10 about years or so. And then come talk to me about it. Um, everybody relax. We got NFL. Good games this weekend. Now we got, we, we're going to have good games. We're a hundred percent going to have good games. So JJ Watt called last night after the game called the season, a complete failure for yeah. the Arizona Cardinals. Do you agree? JJ didn't play. I mean, what did JJ, he played, he played, a, little. A, he played a little. Yeah. I, I, I said it on uh, the, the props, Arizona Twitter spaces that we were having with Doug Franz and Sean Lockhart before the game on our pregame show on the props Twitter account. I called it the big old fat nut. It was a nothing burger. JJ Watt playing was a complete nothing burger to me. It meant zero. Just like you mentioned with, with Smith Schuster playing. Yeah. It was a nothing nothing burger. It's like when a guy hasn't played Eric Weddle playing was a nothing burger as well. I mean, guys haven't played for a long period of time. Weddle was two years, but when guys haven't played in a long time, I mean, they're going to make a little bit of an impact. He made one tackle for a loss, I think in the first quarter. Yeah. And then that was it for JJ. Yeah. And, And so like for me, you got to be around and you got to be a contributor to call the season a total failure, a complete failure. If I'm in the room, I'm like, man, JJ just shows up for the playoff game. I mean, he's been hurt. Okay. He's been working. I mean, and the guy obviously knows, you know, the camera's drawn to him. He right. works out. He shows <laughs> up when, you know, so um, I'd he be a little bit mad. If, 
Yeah, I'd be a little bat mad if I was in a room with a guy like him who calls it a complete failure. Listen, they lost four or five down the stretch, and the only game they won was at Dallas. Um, this is a, this is becoming an MO for Cliff Kingsbury. Start fast, finish bad. How many and, years? I mean, it's been seven straight years of this. It still goes back to the idea that a 500 coach at Texas Tech somehow fell his way up to a head coaching job in the NFL. How the hell did that happen? You know, very rarely do I bash coaches because I I understand the craft and I know that everybody's looking to take you out except for the team and the assistance you got around you once you get the job. And a guy shows up from Texas Tech that looks like Kingsbury does and doesn't really have the resume to get an NFL job, gets it. A lot of people are looking to take him out. But, but it keeps happening. Like at some point you got to go, all right, what do we got to do to fix this? How do we finish the season strong? How do we maybe have some momentum going into the playoff? I mean, what do we got to do? Unfortunate things happen, you know, with the injuries. I don't know if, you know, D-Hop playing would have helped them more. Um, I don't know. But, you know, Murray running in the end zone and flipping the ball, he looked like, uh, what was his name? Ralphie in, in uh, Longest Yard. And he was like, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, and threw the ball. And, like, he, he, what was that? What was that? You knew the game was over right then. It just – our props YouTube uh, – sorry, our props Twitter account had the funniest tweet of the day saying, like, what were the odds for Matthew Stafford to have more rushing yards than Kyler Murray? Ooh. Oh, we would have had a big number on that. that he was is- he was one and a half <laughs> over over one and a half, and yeah. Kyler Murray was thirty eight and a half. Oh, and Matthew wow. Stafford ended the game with more rushing yards than Kyler Murray. We wouldn't have been able to put a number big enough on the plus. We would. I mean, I don't know. That's a great. That's a great job there coming up with that. We would have had to really work on that number because one and a half and thirty eight and a half might as well be. One in a hundred. I mean, that's that's the, the gap between that. So you're going to tell me the guy that has the one and a half has more uh, would have been a big plus price. But uh, did Stafford prove anything to you in the game? I mean, forget about how bad that uh, you know Arizona think, looked. What about that? I thought the Rams looked bad, and I I, I actually look at the Rams and I started to I, I I talked about it at halftime. That game should have been thirty five nothing. That should have been way over. I don't know what McVay was doing. Why was he so conservative? The only thought I had was, okay, maybe he thinks that the Cardinals are this bad and that he owns. He's now six and one against the Cardinals ATS and straight up. And so maybe he thinks because that one game early in the year was just an anomaly and they fixed their problems when they went down there and they just beat them up. And now it's a playoff game. So he knows his guys are going to be able to dominate. I couldn't figure out the game plan. They have the, the Cardinals had so many issues in the back end, their back seven, and they were just running the ball, like consistently just running the ball. And I was like, I, I know you want to establish the run, but like you can. And I think what it was is he said, Matthew Stafford's not going to beat me. I'm going to let something else happen. I'm not letting Matthew Stafford beat me and have the WTF throw that we all know is coming. He's not going to allow it. I mean, Cooper Cup wasn't even part of the game plan. I mean, they double teamed him, but that never stopped Stafford from throwing the football to Cooper Cup. You sound like I mean, a gambler. It was crazy. You sound like a gambler that had Cooper Cup props over. You sound like I a did. gambler that had over in the game. 
Well, that, so, that should have hit, but that should have hit. I mean, that, 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 I, mean I, I was right about the Rams. The Rams scored 31 points. I mean, that's what I said. Right. I put the Rams at 30, and I thought for sure that the Cardinals offense was going to be able to generate 20 points. I mean, well, I, I was stunned at their inability to generate any points. While I was on in-game live, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, they're gashing them, running the ball. Yeah. He doesn't have to do anything else. All he has to do is make sure they keep getting first downs and turning the clock out because they didn't have to do anything else but run the ball. And but he left them in the game. If, if they score that did, touchdown. For a little while, he did. It's 21 nothing. They go three and out or like maybe six and out. But they, they, they don't do anything with the first possession in the second half. Ball is kicked to the Cardinals. Yeah. Interception happens in that game. But if they score and it's 21-7, yeah. that's a game. It's game on. Okay. It's it's a chance for them to potentially come back. I just felt like McVeigh McVay was leaving the door open in a way that I was really surprised. The way that the Chiefs didn't do it, the way that the Bills didn't do it. I mean, like those teams, you know, they saw the window, they saw the hole, and they slammed the door shut, and you're not coming in. And I felt like watching the game, I'm like, McVeigh is literally leaving the Cardinals in the game right now. Like, what is going on? I I, I think it could be perceived that way. I'm thinking he's on a sideline going. Don't show the Buccaneers nothing. Don't maybe sure possible nothing. Keep I running the that. ball. Keep turning the clock because they ain't scoring. He's probably sure. walking up and down the sideline, and you know Donald and the rest of the crew. They ain't scoring today. Like you could probably have that feeling on the sideline. Like we got it. We already got enough points at twenty-one. They ain't getting fourteen. They're not getting 14. How they even got 11? I'm, why are they kicking a field goal like that? I have no idea. But um, that's what I saw. I was like, okay, they know they've got this game won defensively. They they have shut them down. They're going to keep hitting them. They're going to keep shutting them down. Arizona could not run the ball. I don't know if, whether they really tried. Murray was off. The first half was a total just disaster. Just couldn't complete a pass. Completely rattled and scared. out, out of scared. his element. He looked yes. scared out of his element. It, just, it was first playoff game for him, and he looked like he had, I don't know, he he was very concerned and nervous all the time. Yes. And I can't figure out, this is where Kingsbury was driving me crazy on the other side. So you have a quarterback making his first start. It's your first time coaching. Why don't you design some easy throws and design some quarterback draws and runs to the best player you have is Kyler Murray and you have him like running around with a chicken with his head cut off. Like I, I didn't understand, like why not have him, you know, work on your scripted plays and let's get Kyler into the game. Let's have him do a couple of design runs. Let's create some easy throws, easy completions. Let's get everyone's confidence up. Let's get James Connor in the game. I, mean, I know he didn't want to take the shot. As we learned during the game that he didn't want to have the, the shot to kind of, he was nervous about what happened previously to other players. And so he didn't want the, the tours all shot before the game. So he probably was a little, you know, really hurt throughout the whole game, but he did have a touchdown run. There was no game planning for Connor. There was no game planning for Chase Edmonds. Like everything that the Cardinals had done Zach well Ertz during play. the year. Did Zach right? Play? Yeah. I mean, it, I it didn't was, even it see was him. he was a non-factor. Everything about that offense for that team was a non-factor. And it was I just don't understand the game plan knowing who you're up against. You're up against Aaron Donald and just trying to run the ball up the middle and in, you know, uh, uh, Josiah Anderson reported that the, the game plan was to run the ball 25 times for the Cardinals and try to keep it as a one score game and then try to win the game late. 
which is taking the football out of the hands of your best player. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't understand that game plan. I just don't get it. You, you remember the Mike Tyson line, right? Like everybody yeah. has, a, has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. It's 14, nothing. It's 21, nothing. Throw it up, rip it up in half. And let's, yep. let's, let's change. And I think like when you say it and you talk it through, isn't that a microcosm of Kingsbury? Like maybe once they get figured out, it's over. There's no adjustment. There's no, the whole league is about adjustments from series to series, from quarter to quarter, half to half game to game. It, it, It looks like it keeps happening. We got it in the beginning. And then the second time around, you know, through the division, the late end of the season, all the tape is established. They don't adjust. They didn't adjust anything last night. And they kind of left Kyler Murray running around, like you said, for his life. There was no help at all. And if he can't get set and he can't get to the corner and get through, they have no offense at all. Mm -mm. They can't do anything. And look, DeAndre Hopkins, the injury to D-Hop was significant. The the reason why I didn't want to bet on the Cardinals last night was because I was concerned about Kingsbury. The reason why I didn't want to bet in the Rams last night was because the Cardinals were eight and one straight up and eight and one against the spread on the road. And the Rams hadn't been great at home. And so it was you, I, I knew that Kingsbury had been owned. He was, you know, one win and now seven tries against Sean McVay. So I, I knew that stat going into it, but I, I have to admit, I did not see that performance coming from Arizona. I did not think they were going to be that inept offensively up against a secondary that they were, they were without both starting safeties and they couldn't take advantage of it. Nope. That was the, like the unbelievable, like you can't scheme that up. You, you, you can't find a way to get Zach Ertz lined up on a safety. You can't figure out a way to, to get AJ green open over the middle. And I really felt like in a very similar way that the Patriot game kind of turned on one play where if that ball that the Micah Hyde picked off, picks off, turns into a touchdown for Aguilar, I felt like that throw rolling out early in the game where Murray threw it deep and there were two guys in the same area and nobody called for it. It was like a pop fly in baseball. And nobody like, even dove. Like, did they? You got I, it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Well, they looked at each other. I think both of them thought the other one was going to get it. If somebody, if they catch that and they hit on that play, I wonder if that settles everybody down. Maybe. I wonder if that changes the, I think the Rams still win. I just wonder if, if the Cardinals are more in the game, if they get a big play like that, if, if that scores or they're in the red zone early and you know, the waterfall's not coming down on top of them. Maybe I was, cr- I was like, did they lose that ball on the lights? Did nobody know that? No, that was, like, it was, there were two guys both just did the same thing. Cause a quarterback was scrambling. So they both just turned yeah. and ran. And when they turned and ran and they, and, and they ended up just running down the sidelines, they both, they weren't supposed to be there. So it was like, Oh, are you going to get it? Are you going to get it? And it just happened to be right in between both of them. So it, I, I think it was intended for the guy who was running across doing the crossing yeah. route, did the, yeah. during the, 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 the flag the route. Guy was doing the slant like thing. Or yeah. I think that's where it was intended. I don't know if Murray even saw the dude who, that was on the right hand side, of the yeah. but that was a, that was an unfortunate, that was a, that was a bad break. And then the uh, AJ green catch that wasn't a catch that, that, that they reviewed and they said it wasn't a catch like that didn't do them any favors either. Um, can do prop betters any favors because that was the one that I mean he catches that pass. All AJ Green's props go over with one pass. Um it's, how about me getting to 29 yards from Cooper Cup needing over 30 and a half? Oh, I told you before the show, felt like you got kicked in the cup when you had that one. 
29 and a half and you lose by a hook. When is 29 ever a key number? It was last night on that prop. Unbelievable. That's because <laughs> so like that's what made me say when I was watching the game and like you thinking, boy, they don't have to do anything tonight. I don't know if Cup's going to catch a pass. They they made that series about him. They said, all right, Coop, we're going to get you the ball a couple times here and there. Boom, 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 boom. It was like, all right, we could have done this all night just so you guys know. And just so you guys know down in Tampa, we're going to do this no matter what you do because this is who we are and what we do. Pass, pass, pass. Okay, get him the touchdown. You know, it was just a pedestrian night for him. But you know, like – are the books going to adjust the numbers? I can't wait to see the Cooper Cup numbers this week because right back, right back. They're going to be around the same right, right exact back. number. Yeah, exact right back. Same number. I mean, like, 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 right back up. Like they're going. It's 108 again. Like there's no debate <laughs> there. I, I probably would be on the under at Tampa on the road, but he'll probably go for 150 this time. He'll probably right? in, 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 in an insane game. I, I'm starting to come around on the Rams to win that game. I initially yeah. was like, I was all on box, box, box. I'm starting to come around because Akers going back and watching some of the highlights and watching the way that Cam Akers ran the football. I was Ooh. like, hmm, Ooh. that's a that's a difference maker because you can't run on Tampa, but you can make them on. You can keep them honest. And if you keep them honest and they stack the line or they play their typical defense to stop the run, that secondary for Tampa sucks. So. Cooper Cup might go crazy and you may have, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. playing the way he's playing. There were two players last night that I went, okay, now you can justify the trades. OBJ, Vaughn Miller. They both oh, they had monster games. They did they both had monster games. Mm-hmm. So of all the talk about, of all the talk about, you know, the big trades and, you know, giving up all your first round picks, pushing all the chips in, you saw it last night as to like, okay, they got a win. They get Stafford's first playoff win. And they gave up a ton for Stafford, gave up OBJ, gave up Von Miller. Those guys all played and they all contributed to a win. So it at least justifies, in my mind, it justifies the trades by making it here to the divisional round and winning a home game. So if they go and beat Tampa on the road, who is really banged up, mm. I mean, the exact opposite last year happened. Tampa was perfectly healthy through the entire year. They didn't have any injuries to worry about. They got major injuries on the offensive line. They got major injuries on their defensive line. They get major injuries on their secondary. They get major injuries on their wide receivers. Like this is just a mass unit going on right now. Yep. And I think Aaron Donald might own Brady. I think Duck and Cup not hit him too hard because then he'll get a penalty. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to worry ducking, about that. Ducking cup, but ducking cover Brady could come back. Like Mr. Happy Feet, uncomfortable, whoop, goes down too early, sees ghosts. Like that could be the that could be the Tom Brady that we see coming up on Sunday. Very much so. I mean, that's why the line open less than three. Tampa at home, only only favorite open less than three. Now it's painted three, but um I, I think everybody thinks that I thought the Rams were live before the season. They were one of my teams. I said, this this team going to the Super Bowl um, and kind of drifted a little bit away from that midseason and stuff, but they're back. I mean, they're back. That last game against the, the Niners, again, it's the WTF. It's the WTF throw. <laughs> it, it's Stafford is going to have to not lose the game. He can win the game, but he's also going to have to not lose it. 
down in Tampa. Um, it's going to be great. We got a great weekend of football coming up. I cannot wait. All right. So here we are now with some clarity. We're, we now here come the one seeds. So the top teams in both conferences are going to play. We have seen movement on the Super Bowl futures plus 350 now for the Packers, plus 400 for the Chiefs, plus 500 for the Bills. Bucks are plus 550. Rams are down to plus 700 now. Titans plus 850. Not who we think is going to win, but is there any value still left on the board right now for a team that could win it all? Oh, man. You got to start doing the math and you got to start like kind of coming up with theoretical lines, which I always hated doing in the book because I was like, how do you want to make the line on the game for next week when I don't know who's playing or who? Is, is injuries happen? Is mm. there any value left? I mean, is doesn't Tennessee is the one seed yes. at 850 still yes. scream? Like yes. I gotta, I mean, this if I if I like them, I gotta play it. Like, I don't know if you do the rollover that you're gonna get like better than that. Like, aren't they, they're gonna be their favorite this week? Mm. If they play Kansas City, they might actually be home dogs. If they play Buffalo, the game might be pick them. And it might lead to Buffalo being the favorite, depending on how Buffalo beats Kansas City. I think the it's talk so we're here all week. God, what surprising? No, it's just weird that like I I'm more concerned about the Bills beating the Titans than I am the Chiefs beating the Titans. It's weird. Right. Well, I, the odds makers are telling you that. I mean, the odds mm. the, the odds are telling you that. You should be worried about that. The Bills look like a. I mean, they, the Bills can be a Super Bowl team. The Bills are five to one on Fanduel. The Tennessee's eight fifty. I mean, it's almost twice as much. So you're you're not wrong in thinking that. Um, but you're going to hear it all week. We're going to we're going to talk about it all week. The winner of the game in Kansas City might as well already punched their ticket to the Super Bowl. It's going to be a non-discussion, I think, all week. This is the this is the preview of the you know winner of the AFC. Uh, whoever wins this Buffalo Kansas City game, I think you're going to fall into that all week. I'm going to hear it on all these other shows. What if Derrick Henry goes for a buck fifty and two touchdowns? Yeah, well, we're going to see if Derrick Henry's Henry is is healthy this week, right? That's what I mean. So it's like, but like the, if. Because everyone's going to say this all week, and then all of a sudden Henry goes crazy. Do people reassess that and go, okay, maybe we overlooked the Titans and we shouldn't have done that? Maybe for 24 hours. But I think I, I think what if Tennessee loses this week and the and the host of the AFC championship is the winner of the Buffalo well, Kings? Yeah, look, then that if that's the case, then absolutely then the winner of Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Since, right? Cincinnati's not going to <laughs> Buffalo or Kansas City and winning, in my opinion. It would be an amazing ride. Wow. It'd be stunning if it were to happen. I'd be all in on it. I'd love it. I mean, I think it would be phenomenal. Yeah. I'd, be, I, I'd be buying Bengal gear and let's go. Yeah. I mean, I I I love Burrow. I love Chase. I love their team. I mean, I, I just hate their coach. So, I mean, it's just, he's uh, everything about their roster on the field. I love till they go to the sideline shot. And then I'm like, get that clown <laughs> off my screen. But every, everybody else I'm, I'm in on, I'm, I, I'm in love with. So will you give I, the guy credit if they beat Tennessee this week, will you kind of go, maybe I'll take a step back or at least let off the gas on Taylor or no, no, still no. It's, just, it's despite him. Damn. Teams win despite their coaches all the time. 
all the time. Yeah. So I, no, I mean, it, it is. Green it is, Bay did it with McCarthy for a long, long time. And or somehow and, and Orgeron made the playoffs with Bill O'Brien as a coach. I mean, you're right. And and, and and or Ed Orgeron won a championship because of Joe Burrow. And it's the same exact thing. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's the same stupid thing being said right now in New England about Belichick. If I, if I have to hear about Belichick's record one more time with Tom without Tom Brady, I'm going to punch myself in the head. It's just <laughs> so dumb. It's just like you, hey, know you that could be on he, Boston he said, Radio talking about that right now today. Yeah, and I and I, terrible, I watched it. I watched it yesterday, and I went. You know, you know how you know it's funny. You know how you always say reason number eight thousand nine twenty five. Why I'm so glad I'm not in a book. Mm-hmm. So yes, so yesterday I, I wanted to be a little masochistic, and I wanted to go ahead and like remind myself as to why. I am so happy to not be in local radio and to not be doing this type of stuff, watching the callers and listening to the callers call in. I was watching, you know, we, we, we can watch the regional sports networks on direct TV. Yeah. So I'm, I'm watching one of the regional sports networks here, watching one of the afternoon shows in Boston. And I'm listening to these callers after callers and the hosts. And I'm like, I hate, this is the most boring thing. I would hate to be talking about this right now. There's, oh. It's, it's, it's like this, myopic pour one out for me i'm so angry because <laughs> my emotions are so tied up in what yeah. this team has done and yeah. so because the team lost that means i lost so someone's got to pay for it and i'm going to question the coach i think belichick should be fired like i heard i heard that numerous times shouldn't they replace bill belichick he's going to be 70 years old it's the game has passed him by it's time like what in the holy hell are you guys on that you want to replace Bill Belichick? Like when he walks, do you understand how bad this team's going to be afterwards? Ooh. Like we're going back to 1991. Maybe we're going back to the Raiders. Can we have him come coach the Raiders? We are going and it's it's this whole thing. Bill Belichick decided to let Tom Brady walk and it's now the fight's over. Brady has proven it. It's over. He was the reason why the Patriots were so good. Not Belichick. And I'm like, man, you know, Brady made that pick that interception of Russell Wilson that Tom Brady made in the Super Bowl. How did he do that? How do you play offense and defense? It's amazing what Brady can do. You know, he he morphs. He he can shape shift into a defensive back and go make a pick. It's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Like it, it's amazing how people just forget. Oh. And they just because they wanted to be either controversial or they wanted to be, I don't know, eye catching, bomb throwing, whatever you want to describe it as. And I'm, I was looking, I'm like. This is how Dave feels about not being in the book. I'm yeah. so glad that I'm not having to do this topic today oh. and take these calls from these people because yeah. I would just shut the phone off and be like, yeah, I'm not taking any more calls, guys. Like, we're not talking about Belichick. Like, this is the dumbest conversation you could ever have. Well, like, this is one of the best things about, I think, what we're doing here with the show and kind of what makes it unique. We're looking at the numbers and we're looking at the lines and then just turning the page to the next game. And that's what you do in the book. And I mean, you're talking about, you wanted to be uh, masochistic or, or the thought of listening to talk radio in Pittsburgh right now. Oh my. I mean, it's the end of the Roethlisberger's era. You know, there's, there, there's no plan in place. You're chirping at me on the Twitter. You're putting the Mason Rudolph years start. Here you go. I'm like, wait a second. I did another show. I did two shows this morning and I get on the Twitter for five minutes between. And I'm like, I got a I got a notification. I look. I'm like, damn, Matt got me. He's talking about Mason Rudolph. 
I don't want to talk about that. I went to school for broadcast journalism in Pittsburgh, and I listened to that crap my whole life and was started as a young and I was the kid that calling these shows in 13, 14, trying to be involved in it because I wanted to learn what they did. And I did all that. You can get caught up in all that. One of the best things about living in Vegas forever. Now we got our own teams, but we didn't hear that noise. Yeah, We didn't listen to that crap. We went in the book. We looked at the numbers as an odds maker in a book. You don't listen to any of that. The narrative's gone. It's gone. You don't. It's nice. It's wonderful. So I think just the game. It's just what happened on the the game. And that's one of my favorite things about sports is the game. Now, the stories around it. I love the hype videos. I love I posted something on Twitter this morning. The Penguins give a, a helmet to the MVP of the team of that night. They played a great game last night. They scored five goals unanswered. The goal. Yeah. And a goalie didn't um, get that many shots. I mean, like they had one of their best defensive efforts of the season. The Knights had 12 shots on goal after two periods. It was incredible. But three went in. What's that? But three went in. Yeah, there was two bad goals and then (laughs) one was a good goal, but they were down three nothing, but they didn't panic. And they gave that helmet to the third line center who made two back checking plays to break up plays. He didn't get a point. He didn't get an assist. And that's what the sports is about. And I think I th- hopefully that's what we bring to this. Not that other hot take stuff. Yeah. But they should fire Belichick. Now that you said it, he's done. Yeah. He's yeah. Scared him. Yeah. He's awful. Yeah. They fire him. Replace but, him with the new up and coming how, guy. How Ironically, you, that coordinator from Buffalo, they should probably hire yeah, him. Brian Dabo. I mean, yeah, he'd yeah, be yeah. awesome. What, what, what do you make of Rudolph though? I mean, they're going to not draft a quarterback. Like this is what they're, they're going to start <sighs> Mason Rudolph. Um. And Mike yeah. Tomlin's staying. If 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 they're going to start Rudolph, Tomlin will stay, I bet. So this is the problem if they're going to do this, all right? This is going to be the year you find out publicly that he's not going to be the guy. I don't know, okay? But if you believe within that walls of that organization, and trust me, the walls of the organization have done pretty well. You don't see sure. too many guys leave Pittsburgh and have – a lot of success. They get the best out of the organization. It's just like the Patriots. They're run very yeah. similar. I mean, it's it's yeah. a family business, and they allow the football people to be football people. You don't even know who the GM of the Steelers is. I mean, mm-hmm. you just don't know. You've had three coaches in 50-something years. So if they believe within there that he's the guy, they're going to give him the job or bring in somebody. They're going to draft somebody. Um, uh, wow. I just saw Hi. Well, this is not what high. Do. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, yes, but the Patriots were the same way. And then they, then Mac Jones fell to them at 15 and they took Mac Jones. So I could see if the Steelers say, Hey, we're going into this and we're not going to draft a quarterback. And then all of a sudden, like Carson strong is sitting there at whatever, 25, 26, wherever, wherever that they're, they're picking. Don't you grab them? Maybe. I mean, I think that it starts with the coordinator in Pittsburgh. Like they, the, the the play calling. Now maybe they were protecting Roethlisberger, or he just really can't throw the ball, or 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 the they. I don't know, but they got a running back in Najee, the real running back. Like we got and two real wide receivers. I mean, they have a real tight end, two real wide receivers. Who's the real wide receivers? Good running back. Was Deontay you- Johnson? Yeah, I like him a lot. He's okay. He drops some balls when he's supposed yeah, to catch but, him. Okay, Claypool, 
I'm not. A I like Claypool. I, really, I like Claypool. Yeah, in the red zone, I like Claypool a lot. He's a monster weapon in the red zone. Yeah, but but Smith Schuster. I mean, Smith Schuster's coming back, so you got him. So okay. Oh, I mean, the know. offensive pieces are in place. The offensive line needs fixed a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, it's you do need to address that, but you can address that in free agency. You, you can, can. Do things so you can bring in guys to kind of help you out with the offensive line. Right. But the big hole is the quarterback. Yeah. That's why it makes perfect sense to me that they would draft a quarterback and hand things over. And like Mason's the guy that starts a little bit and then eventually you hand it over. But the play in the plan is Mason's QB one and we're going to get our veteran backup and we're going to ride Rudolph. That's uh-ohville for me. That's red flag all over the place for me. What if it's like Russell Wilson though? What if it's, what if it's, uh, what if it's Aaron Rodgers? What if one of these guys actually leaves and comes to Pittsburgh with a ready? I mean, like Pittsburgh can be Denver. Everybody's talking Correct. about Denver's being ready. Like, Correct. This would be completely out of character. Correct. They have a top 10 defense. They have a lot of pieces. They can sell that veteran quarterback like, hey, man, you can come close out your career here with us. We got everything in place. We're going to get you some protection. You got all the weapons. This is not a bad place to play. I mean, it's cold in the winter. But, yeah, but Russell's used to that so, in Seattle. Exactly. So it's not, so it's, it's not like he's ever played in it. I, I think Still Wisconsin. I think this could be one of those situations that they go completely out of character and get a guy. I mean, I'd love for the, to see them draft Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is a pit guy. Pickett is like, and one of the, my first, but Dave, he's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. He's gone before. The they got to trade up. To get him. They got to trade yeah. up. They can't get him where they're at. They got to trade no. up. No, they, they got to be really aggressive. I mean, they got to jump a lot. Like the Patriots just got lucky. They just sat there and let everything fall the right way. And then all yeah. of a sudden the Niners puked all over themselves and yes. Max Jones fell to them. So yes. like, and, <laughs> and you're going to pure luck. You're going to see that with, with a couple quarterbacks. I think you're going to see them rise up the depth chart. And I've been watching the games all season. I'm like, I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. But like this guy, I need Carson somebody Strong, that I'm, Carson Strong is big Ben 2.0. You think can't move huge arm. Big kid, cocky as hell. Yeah, I mean he's he fits. What school? Nevada. Maybe. No, he's 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 the same. Same same pedigree. You know, Mac Mountain West, same level. Out to prove everybody wrong. Gigantic arm, six foot five, big frame. Is a statue. Doesn't move. But the team's used to that. I mean, that that's what Ben is. So, I, I mean, to me, I, I looked at Carson Strong all year and I was like, that's big Ben's replacement if they can get him. If they, but maybe they want a more mobile quarterback. Maybe they want it. I mean, I, I think your idea of getting a proven veteran like a Russell Wilson, if I'm a Steeler fan, that's exactly what I would want. But it's the same thing the Patriot fans were looking for desperately in the wake of Brady. And they wound up with Cam Newton. Yeah, that so, ain't gonna happen. They ain't gonna do that in Pittsburgh. They'll they'll go with Mason Rudolph. That's why I think they're saying it now. Like, listen, he's our guy until we get another guy. But if we go with him, okay. And, and the best part about it is if they draft a rookie, I don't think there's gonna be any pressure to even put him in. Like they're saying it now. You can hear they're establishing with the fan base. It's gonna be Mason Rudolph. He's gonna be the quarterback. Blah 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 blah. And they can't really tell Mason that right now. You know, you got to right. tell them there's going to be a competition. We're going to maybe do this and that. So what's going on outside is different than inside. I just I just think that uh, if they have a shot at Pickett to do it, Ooh. because one of the best 
Like one of my first memories of being a kid in Pittsburgh was them not drafting Dan Marino. I was crushed. I was like, this is our guy. And, and, and they let him go. And he went all the way. He dropped all the way down to 27 to the Dolphins. And the whole time we're like, he's right here. He could drive to work. He's right here. He's in Oakland. Like he was one of the guys mm. and who the whole city was behind. Like if Pickett comes in, they keep talking about at home. Like, oh, there's going to be so much pressure and blah, blah, blah. He knows. He's, he's a Pittsburgh kid. He's there. And he just did it. Like, it's easier to make that transition. And, yes, the expectations are high, but you got to pass because you're one of us. It's interesting. One of my college roommates just posted a, a, a message saying that Smith Schuster stinks. Do you think Smith Schuster stinks? Overrated. Highly overrated. Hmm. Highly like overrated. It. I'll take him on the Patriots right now. He won't make it on the Patriots. <laughs> Fine, but I'm on the Patriots. He won't right make now. it. He, I mean, unless he unless he changes his whole mo. Like, I don't think he'd make it on the Patriots. I, I don't think he, he's a, he's not like a me guy first all the time. But I need a little more focus. Uh, and, and he's tough. I mean, he you know he he's played hurt, but there's been moments where he just didn't come through, drop balls or fumbled balls, and that can't get that out of my head. All right, let's talk local here because this is a big yeah. story here. Oh, so Mike Mayock gets iced. Like you see that coming? By, by I didn't see that coming. I didn't see it coming, but it makes perfect sense that him and Gruden were tied at the hip. Yes. But what is interesting is that the story is now coming out. Like I thought that, that it would, that Mike Mayock was overruled. I told you yesterday, the 5149 that Gruden had on personnel now we're hearing in the draft room. No, actually, Mike Mayock wanted this guy and John Gruden wanted this guy. And this is why they wound up with this guy who's turned out to be sort of, I mean, Cleveland Farrell's been okay. He hasn't been a top five pick. He hasn't been a dominant force. He's been a, a, a decent run stopper. He has some pressure on the quarterback, but he has not turned into what you would expect at a defensive lineman taken at the spot that the Raiders took him at. And I think we'll get more and more stories like that. And so I, I think they did him dirty a little bit on this. But if Jim Harbaugh wants full power, you're giving him GM and coach a la Belichick power if you're the Raiders? Who? Maybe. It's what he would, it's what he would want. He would Maybe. want total, total control. I mean, who's going to work with him? Like, if you got to get a guy – you got to get a guy that's going to work with them that you can't have the, the combating this. You get and, and some of these people are such egotistical people that has made them Horrible. what they are. Horrible. And it becomes <laughs> right. Exactly. Who's going to sit with them and, and, and do the job in conjunction with them, but really let them call the shots. You got to be the guy with them. You know, that's that you're, you're in the, you're in the office, you're doing the job, but you know, he's running the field. Maybe just give them both jobs. I don't know. It makes perfect sense. I I saw this yesterday, and I thought, well, Passaccia is done. Yeah. Right? There's just – there's no – like we talked about it yesterday. The order I, in which they hire will also tell us whether Passaccia is done or not, meaning if they hire a GM, that GM is going to want their own coach. If they hire a coach, Passaccia might be kept on the staff 
Like if Harbaugh came in, he was GMN coach. Basaccia might get a shot to be like, hey, man, you did a great job. I want you here. I'm going to have you be a part of the staff. But if they're going to clean house with a new GM, the whole staff's probably gone. Like the entire team is probably out. Right. Mm. I don't know about I don't know about Harbaugh, man. I just <laughs> I just I I don't he's a weird dude. As I said, it, this market's perfect for a, a quirky, strange guy like him, because the media will be nothing. There'll be a pillow fight in the press conferences. It won't be anywhere like it was. I mean, even Sam Fran's media is way more hardened than the media here. So Harbaugh won't be forced to do anything he doesn't want to do. He won't have to do it living in Vegas, making tons of money and having complete control. So I think it's a very enticing job. It's just that the Michigan fans, the, at least the ones on Twitter that I'm seeing and interacting with, they're going to be like on suicide watch if he leaves. Like Why? They're gonna they're gonna, coach, they're going to get fickle. At they Michigan? Placement right away. You think Luke Fickle's going to Michigan? If that job opens up, they, they call. he's the first call, does he not? He's the first call. You know how these dumb Michigan people are. They are all about Michigan men. You got to have a, you got to be a Michigan man. You can't just be an Ohio. You tell me that an Ohio coach is taking over Michigan. You know how hard that's going to be for so many of the people who are Michigan fans to swallow that. You like going to the Rose bowl or playing in the uh, playoff. Look, I'm not part of That'll that. I don't know. He'll start He's, singing hail to the victor. It's oh, a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be it, it's, it's gonna be interesting. I I still think he's just using it all as leverage. I don't I don't think he's leaving Michigan. I don't. I mean this this is an appealing agree. position. Yeah. Um, if you get you know the full deal, you get the full Monty, you get GM and coach. I mean, you can do whatever you want here. Like you said, what are the expectations? What 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 have they been? You get to come to Vegas, um, brand new stadium, facility, all this stuff. Um, I think you're gonna be able to be a player in free agency um, now, yes. you know, with the success, it, 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 it bumped them up a notch in agents eyes, players eyes, again, the no state tax, all this other stuff. There's a lot of pluses to coming here and playing. Um, I still think he's using it all as leverage to get more money out of Michigan and stay. I just hope that it's not Gerard Mayo. I, I just, I, I hope that it's not somebody, not that I don't want Gerard Mayo to get a head coaching job in the NFL. It's just that I hope it's not somebody who has never been a coach before in the league. And like Passaccia is like, wait, our resumes aren't that different. And you're bringing this guy in over me. You're making a change for change sake. Like a hardball, I think you you would understand if you're you're Versace, Oh, if it's some if it's somebody else who has like a you know a real resume in the NFL that you could be like, well, I never took a team to a Super Bowl, and you know I didn't do what he, what this person has done. But if it's like a Gerard Mayo who's never been a head coach anywhere, and you're like, wait, you're hiring this guy? Why? It looks like I don't know that 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 would be a slap in. Pasachi's face. In yeah. If, if they do that. So, but you're I don't right about know if you yeah. stay in that situation. Okay. You Probably can be won't. the special teams coach again. I'm good. Uh, I'm yeah, good. I'm out. I'm, I'm I, out. I'd rather not, you know, and he'll get, and he'll get a good job somewhere. I mean, teams have seen what he can do and maybe he gets an assistant head coaching job somewhere or he'll, he, he won't be a head coach per se, but he'll get a shot to be a pretty high level coach somewhere on a different yeah. organization. I just, the Raiders have been pretty good with people in history. And I just, I really hope that, you know, if if you're gonna go with a guy like Gerard Mayo, just 
give the job to Basaccia. Like give, give the job to the guy who's there, who's earned the trust of the locker room. The guys are responding to him versus starting all over again with some unproven guy because he might be a great coach. I mean, Belichick coaches have not been great. I mean, Vrabel's the one dude because he played for him. And I know Mayo played for him and coached. So maybe there's that, you know, he's got that thing going for him, but I just, I don't know, man, that's, uh, I'll be really disappointed if that's what the that's the direction they go. Go get Listen. the Patriot personnel guy. That's fine. Take their take their GM. T- right. That's fine. But don't take don't hire Mayo to be a coach. I don't know. It's it, it's crazy the way these things go. I mean, I've been there on exit interview day, and it's a lot of just like it's done when that game ends and you lose. You go back and you clean out your locker with the intention that you ain't coming back. And when you do, if you are. It's everything's brand new starting over. Like there's so much transition and change and things like that. And I mean, I do it now with the kids every year. Got to mm. say goodbye to, to, to some kids and we start fresh with a lot of new kids and it's a weird thing. And I have such a different perspective on the whole thing now having seen it and done it. And you watch the process of like the aging senior or the aging veteran on the way out onto something new and you watch these freshmen and, and sophomore kids show up for 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 the news you know they know everything they want to do it their way and you got to like you know to start the whole process over after you had all this momentum here I, it's a lot to ask. I think it goes backwards. I'll be looking to bet the season win total under no matter what. Yeah, I agree. It's funny because that's the one thing as teaching now at UNLV, this is the one thing that I'm having the most difficult dealing with is because every semester you start over again and it's oh, so day like, one, day one. And it's tomorrow. Tomorrow's day one. Tomorrow's first day of classes. Yeah. So like, I have former students of mine who were in the class last year asking when's the class this year. Cause I want to come by and say hi yeah. after my classes. So yeah. w- w- what room are you in? And you know, what time are you teaching? What days are you, right. you going to be on campus? And it's just sort of like, I don't know. It's like, I'm watching them grow. I've watched them, you know, I've stayed in contact with them throughout the break. And like, now we're starting all over again and it's right back to day one. And I don't know the kids now and I got to get them all revved up and get them all to buy in again. And like, you got to do that whole thing all over again. And like my first two semesters, I'm kind of in touch with the kids a little bit, but my last semester this fall, I had five kids that were like really special and they all want to go into the business and they're all really talented. They started their own podcast together that I was helping consulting with them. And it's like one of them messaged me and they're like, why aren't we having class tomorrow? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> like that kills me. <laughs> like that. It's, like, it's oh. hard. And, and, and yeah. I think it's a testament to one, your ability to do the job, but two, you get better the yeah. more you do it. And now you already know what's going to happen on day one. Yeah. You're the only person in that room that knows <laughs> what day one brings. You're the only person in that room that knows what, you're supposed to be at it a week, yeah. but you already know what their questions are going to be after the first week and after the second week. And now I tell people this about the lines and the games. I did it for so many years. The teams change, the situations change, the players change, coaches change. The lines the same. Like I've seen this thing so many times and the same thing with coaching the kids. 
Okay, you know, we just had a great weekend. We played five games. We went four and one. The game we lost was a walk-off. I can't wait to get to practice later because I can't wait to hear what the parents are going to say about the game we lost. <laughs> we played great. We had such a good weekend again. This team is getting confidence like you wouldn't believe. We got a third pitcher showed up. First wow. time I got to call pitches for her. She's ready to go practice every day. She's like, Coach Dave, my pitches never I, – I had so much – I'm like, listen, we just started. We're going to be fine. But, like, that's what I do is, like, I'm the pitching coach and call pitches thing, and you could see it. The, like, the light bulbs are going off. That's the excitement of it, right? Like, you're yeah. going to do the first week, and now you've got five kids that want to come back. Next year, you'll have eight kids that want to come back, hopefully, and say hi. And then – in three years, when they get their first job or whatever, they're going to send you a text or send you an email and go, hey, you know, thanks. Uh, th th this is where I'm at. And then hopefully in four years, we're hiring them to do a show <laughs> or do something. And, right. and they're teaching us something. It all comes full circle. It's fantastic. By the way, you're getting heat for that Packer hat. Some people are very upset with you about that Packer hat. Are they? Yeah, yeah. people don't like it. It's right. You've got a lot of heat all week. I'll take the heat for you. I don't mind. This is true. A lot of heat. All right. A couple of games to get into before better to book it here for tonight. I don't yeah. want to play in this game, but I kind of want to, it's the game of the day. Cause it's coming it up is. really quickly here. Yes. Uh, you got Baylor on the road at six and a half against West Virginia. Uh, we'll, we'll do some more time on college basketball as you know, football time starts to wind down, but transition. Yep. How do you feel about, you know, 5 PM Eastern time, games 2 p.m games here in the book how much action is a game like this because if it was a night game if it was like monday night 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern this would be a pretty heavily bet game but it's 2 p.m pacific 5 p.m eastern how does that impact the handle knocks it down so much right it's, like people just don't bet it right it's a transition time like nobody knows that it's two o'clock you got people coming in at 3 30 when they normally come in after work before the four o'clock games, because every day the games are four o'clock. And they're like, wait, the game's in the second half? I'm like, yeah, it was a two o'clock game. Don't you check? No, well, no, I just saw the schedule and I was like, oh. So um, I think it'll help in-game handle will be tremendous on this game because it's the only thing on at that time. And when you get an individual game, no matter what sport, but obviously football and basketball are way more than the other ones. Although mm. the Sunday night baseball game used to get tremendous in game handle because it was the only baseball game on too. Right. Um, but yes, it, it, it stinks for handle um, being at a two o'clock Pacific start, at least out here. I think maybe it's not as bad um, back East, you know, five o'clock is somewhat a time where the day's winding down. You're getting ready to watch sports. You're getting ready to log into your apps and make plays. Um, but at least now with it available on your phone, you can still go, Oh wait, this game's coming up. We have all these apps now that tell us like when games start, you can push notifications, all these things. So I like the game. I can't wait to see it. Do you have a side in this thing? I don't. I, dog. I feel like it's too heavy. I feel dog. like six, six and a half is too heavy. So dog. like home West Virginia catching six and a half. I would say that's my lean. I don't have a play on it, but that would be my lean. So you like you like the Mountaineers at home? I do, I do. Uh, my guy Brad Howes, we we did a show yesterday, and we and we talk. He's very connected to the program. He was he's there. The, <laughs> he was the associate athletic director there for, for fifteen years. Oh wow! So okay. He was he he gives me such great perspective on different things about like what goes on behind the scenes, right? And 
you know, he lives 15 minutes from the school and is, is goes to all the games, all this stuff. He's like, look, they're going to be more than ready to play in this game after coming off a loss and they get this weird start time. It helps. They got killed said, in, the, in the last game. They got yes. Crushed. crushed. Kansas, killed, Kansas killed them. Yeah. He said, actually, he said to me what you said to me about Kansas being a real viable. Um, when they want, game. when they when, want to play. Correct. And they're learning that when they want should be every game. Like they, they can't take games off. They can't, there has to be that want every game. And as a coach, you try to tell these kids that all the time, like we're playing in another tournament in a couple of weeks and they're like, yeah, but it's another local tournament. Like, no, 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 no. Going on the road is great. It's, it, it, it helps the focus, but every game is important when you're playing. You, the, the season is only, it's just perishable item. It's gone. You have to play hard every game. If Kansas plays hard every game, they're going to be good. I like West Virginia in the game today. One NBA game to get to. It's a monster line. (laughs) 15. Warriors minus 15. Pistons are so bad. Does Steph finally go over his three-point prop tonight? I didn't check it. What is it? Four and a half? Well, hold on. I'll give you the up to the up to date Steph Curry three prop for tonight. Oh boy, the up to date Steph Curry three prop is four and a half over is plus one eighteen under is minus one fifty for Steph Curry, who has been an ice shooting machine over the last well, basically the last seven games. He's been absolutely ice cold. Oh man, the danger in this one is that he doesn't get enough shots. He doesn't play the fourth quarter. Interesting. Like, you know, fifteen point spread. How much is the starter going to play in the fourth quarter? It's garbage time, bench bob time, bench, you know, get some playing time. When you get a big lead, I do the same thing. I empty the bench, get get people that don't play, get them some game action. Um, perfect time to rest Steph is when we're up 25 and going into the fourth quarter, the start of the fourth quarter. They don't care whether he has three threes or eight threes at that point. Um, does he go over? No. We got to keep betting under, right? It's minus one fifty. I I'm it's curious. It's a different different prop. What about what do you make about Cade Cunningham showing out against the Warriors for the first time? Their their first round pick, their first pick overall. His prop is sixteen and a half. Plot is average, right? I think he's average uh, yep. sixteen. Yep. Um. No Draymond again, right? Draymond's going to correct. Wow, he, he's a while he's out out. Um, Two weeks. Yep. Is Clay playing? Will Clay match up against him? Um, I think Clay is going to play, but isn't the same philosophy on Clay that you have with Curry? That you'll yank him the second you get a chance to yank him, you're going to yank him? Well, no, because we're working Clay back in the game shape. Clay may actually right. get the reps um, in a game like this with no pressure. We don't got to worry about you know whether winning or losing. Ideally, mm. um, let Clay get in there. And start last two, last two games for Cunningham, he scored eighteen and twenty one against Toronto and Phoenix, but those were at home. This is on the road. Average is fifteen point seven points per game. His right. prop is ticked up sixteen and a half, a little bit higher. Than What's his the average. juice? Uh, let's see his juice on Cunningham. Yeah, it's well, it's sixteen and a half minus one twelve minus one oh eight. So juice to the over a little bit. Yeah, it's it's pickup. That's that's a pick them in uh, in Euro books minus one twelve and minus one oh eight. They don't do minus one ten, minus one ten. I just don't know why. Um, 
Someone will have to explain that to me at some point. Um, I would lean over. I, I, I would lean over Kate Cunningham tonight. Who else is going to score? Right. That, that's my, I think, garbage time. Points. He stays in. Right. The whole time. So he's, yeah. he's their team. He's their future. He's what they do. I mean, I don't know. That, that was the one prop that kind of jumped off the screen a little bit to me. Like, hmm, maybe you get involved with Kate Cunningham tonight against Curry wanting to go match wits warriors one of the best teams and he played yeah. really well against the suns same situation took more shots than normal played uh what did he play versus phoenix he played 25 minutes versus phoenix um you know shot 60 percent. so he was he was pretty heavy against the against toronto he played 33 minutes scored 18.7 boards so i don't know i was i was just eyeballing that today i haven't bet it but i was eyeballing that as a way of later tonight something i want to watch if like all right i want to have 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 a little when action you're, doing, you're watching these shows on hbo and all this other stuff or something you oh, post something the other you, day what are you, you even seen? watching wasting your time with this detroit golden state stuff i wanted to ask you about that i saw that tweet late last night and i Euphoria was like is wait so is he not good. watching the knights game right now like oh, i was yeah, so I engrossed in the knights oh, game. have you seen Euphoria? no what is it what okay, is it, is it hey, good well, as a father of three daughters, I don't know how you <laughs> how you react to it. Oh. Did you ever see the movie uh, the, the the movie Kids in the nineties? I don't remember. I don't think so. So, Kids was this shocking movie that was shot documentary style that was sort of like a cult indie film that looked into it was basically about the drug use of teenagers and what teenagers were Definitely doing. See it. In, in, in the nineties. Okay. So it's, it was a really, Teresa and I like on, on our first just like a couple of dates, like we bonded over kids and like, it, it just, it, it had a very strong cult. If you loved indie films, it had a huge following. I was huge into indie films for a long time. Okay. And so euphoria has taken that same sort of premise as to, if you grew up with certain kids in high school who do certain things in were certain ways, and they've given it a gigantic modern twist in modern spin Zendaya is incredible in it. Like her role is, she is so good, but just everything about Sydney Sweeney is so good. The, the, the acting, the writing, the directing, the shoot, the way they shot it. I mean, Euphoria is, it's just the best show going right now. If you it's like that. Show? show. Yeah. It's H, on HBO max, HBO. It's yeah. on, it comes out once a week, but the first season is shocking. Like, as a dad of teenagers, I don't know how you'll react to watching it, but you may get you think a my kids are watching it. Probably, maybe. I mean, it's geared towards sort of an older audience looking back, but kids who are in that you know time of their lives right now might really yeah. find some. Yeah. I know that person. I know that person. I know that person. Yeah, I've seen that happen. It's just really scary about just you know how online is with teenagers how the pressures they're under oh, um the society oh how how society is and just how different they are than how when we were in high school just how open they are to transgender how open they are to kids who are gay how oh. open how, how open they just it just like kind of like yeah okay so that's so you have a crush on her and now you have a crush on him totally normal like and when i was in high school that would have been like excuse me like that would have stopped like oh, retro, record scratching world. like like white what like we're walking a so. different planet now yeah totally TV different stuff every day and i have become 
one by far a better person, but I'm a better coach. I mean, mm. I've had all that happen on my softball team. Wow. I've had girl, my right fielder, she didn't know which team she was on. I mean, she was on our softball team, but she's right. she played right. both sides, like you know, and I was like, Oh, and she told me everything. Like, and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> right. And then I drive home by myself going, I I don't even know. I mean, I'm glad yeah. she tells me, but like she couldn't tell her mom. And she oh, couldn't tell okay. her dad who were, yeah. you know, they were divorced, but like, they didn't see none of this. Like they didn't, they didn't want to yeah. hear it. And then what do you mean? You're, you know, you're not sure you're experiment. Oh yeah. So the show I'll is amazing. Euphoria. I mean, right. Euphoria is, is right. what, what Zendaya is the main character in, in her as an actress and an artist her. is yeah. she's so good. Like she just is super talented. Because, Cause you saw her in Spider-Man. Okay. Yes. So, so you've seen her in a recent work. That's the polar opposite of her character in euphoria. Like right. you could not get more different than her character in euphoria. And so it'll be, if you do watch it, it'll be, tell me about it. Cause it'll be funny just to see, like, you'll be like, wait, what is she doing? <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's really, it's really pretty out there, but I, I just, I started watching the second season last night. And so I'm, I told you, I, I, I now, cause I can't watch TV where I normally watch TV cause the in-laws are down here. <laughs> so I, I'm upstairs and so I'm, I'm in bed watching this on, on, on my screen and I'm just like, if Teresa like looks over, she's be like, what are you watching? <laughs> oh, it, it's pretty racy. It's pretty, yeah. it, it's oh. very adult. Oh. Um, oh. So, so yeah, I, I was kind of laughing to, to, to myself on that, but I, I just, I had to tweet about it. Cause I just, every time I stop an episode, I'm like, this is the greatest thing on that's going right now. This is the best show right now out there. And it's acted by, you know, they're playing teenagers. They're all in their early twenties, but you know, it's just so, well done and it just goes to show you when shows are really well directed written and acted just how interesting and, and fun they could be so right it's 100 my my recommendation it's not for your 15 year old to watch it but if you're an adult who likes to look back on like how bleeped up high school was it's it's a it's a look at like man these kids in high school today they got it they they, they got it tough oh it's way <laughs> i i tell them all the time it's way harder than it was when we were doing it and it, i thought it was hard while we were doing it but man i'm glad i didn't have social media then i'm glad i didn't Amen. have none of this stuff like i i'm i mean i used to go home and I mean, all i did was play sports and then you know go home and watch sports and then um you know read and right. Yeah, see, I, I was more on the Zendaya euphoria type of track. Like I, I, oh, did. I didn't do any of that stuff. Oh, I did. So, so yeah, I so I, I was all, I was a jock, but I was a jock who was on both sides. So I was a jock that went to dead concerts. I was a guy who went to rock concerts. I was a guy who I, I was on both sides. I had massive party friends and I had massive jock friends and they oftentimes, they sometimes oh. intertwined, sometimes they didn't. Um, yeah, I did all yeah. sorts of. Dumb I mean, we things. did the same thing. Like that's, I mean, like I was, I mean, I, I would go downtown and, and and help at my dad's store, and it was everybody and anybody down there. You know, my dad used to be—he was one of the most open people in the world as far as accepting people and did like. So, I was like that in high school. So I was friends with the stoners, I was friends with the jocks, I was, you know friends with all the girls moms i always killed it with the moms so like oh you should date him he's really nice well i had to be because my mother would have killed me if i was disrespectful to anyone like that was what i grew up with like you can That's ruin great. your name in one bad move 
I'm still scared of my mother. She's just uh, see. I see. I didn't have any of that though. Oh. Like the, the that structure for me is what I'm trying to give to my kid now. I had none of that. My mom and dad had me at 20 and 18. My mom and I are really close days. My parents divorced when I was 12. I was a latchkey kid for pretty much when I was like 11 years old on. Oh, you had so a lot of freedom. Oh, I had so much freedom. I, I oh. skipped. I, I've told you this before. I skipped high school. In my senior year of high school, I was short two days from them not allowing me to graduate because of how many times I went into Boston and just said, I'm not going to school today. And I got on the train and went to the city. I was like, screw this. I'm not going in. I was late all the time. My oh. grades were fine. I mean, I, I was, I was pretty much like a, like a C plus B minus student, but it's just like, I just did enough to get to college and like, uh -huh. that's what I wanted to do. But I, I was, you know, some people understood what I was going through, but I was like the angriest person on the planet for years. I've and so like, it's, yeah. yeah. So like I would go to metal concerts and I would get, you know, at 17, 18, I'd be drunk and in the pit and going crazy. Oh. And then I, but then I also would go to Lilith fair. Like I also would go right. and like, I skipped my senior year prom to go to go see the cranberries. And like, I have like, massive all over the place types of tastes. And I love to do everything else. But like high school was like my mom got remarried. I had two little kids in high school with me, which was like insanity for me. Like, I don't think anybody should actually ever have to like deal with that. <laughs> but I had that. I had, two. it was, it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So imagine being a senior in high school and have two kids crying waking you up in the middle of the night i did it in middle school yes i was i was an angry i was an angry person hey i i would have bet on if you were making a line i would have been the kid of the i'm the oldest of five two boys behind me and then twin sisters greatest thing in the world we had a tremendous family life growing up but i would have been the one who would have not had kids because I was taking care of my my brothers and sisters all the time. Like as a young kid, I had to take care of a lot of kids, like and do stuff. Some of my craziest memories when we all get together is talking about like, you know, when my sister fell off our wall on the side of our house and landed on her head on the on the driveway. My mom was driving and I was holding her and saying, "Wake up, wake up, wake up!" Like so she because I knew she might have a concussion. I was ten or I was eleven. Like I was holding wow. my little sister. And so I get all of that. Um, it's it's funny because we have a lot of stories that I think make this pairing very interesting as well. I mean, we talk, we've told these stories to each other, and I'm glad we get to share them. Um, I'm going to have to watch the show, but I think I'm going to have to watch it alone. Now that you're telling me all this stuff, I'm a hundred percent going to have to watch it a lot. Yeah. I would say it's probably a good call by you. It's, 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 it's probably the, the, the smart move. I, I've lost my head. So that's why I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So I, okay. I can hear you still, but I can't like, okay. I don't hear my headphones. You're in my computer now. So right. I don't know if the mic picks it up or not, but we'll find out. I guess. You sound like, great. Uh, you're fine. Okay, good. So, so no worries. All right, let's go to better to book it here. I only we have two places. Uh, far more than ever every day, like another step closer. Thank God far as fair is going to be here to pick us up. Man, pretty much. All right. I am fading the public here. Everyone is on. I mean, um, everyone yeah. is on Kansas today. They were. What do you mean they were? Well, they, I mean, no, they have been the last game. They yeah. were. Yeah. And this is a natural thing. We were just so talking. Here's about. my thought. Okay. Now so you're whole... taking the dog here. I have a home dog at three and a half. I'm taking Oklahoma. Oklahoma is. 
up against it. They don't have any real big marquee victories on their resume. They got Kansas at home. Kansas lost to Texas Tech on the road their last time going on the road. And I think this could be another one of those. They get a huge win over West Virginia. Here comes the letdown game for Kansas after they get all hot and big on themselves. They go on the road, incredibly hostile environment. Much bigger game for Oklahoma. They've lost their last two games. Their backs are against the wall. It's do or die time here for the Sooners. I'm going to take the three and a half points going against the public trend here. Betting or booking OU plus three and a half. Normally, I'd say take this dog in home. I'm going to book this one, though. I think Kansas is better. After talking to Brad and kind of looking at the last couple games, I was like, all right, is it time? To, would this be a time where we would bet Kansas to win it all? This mm. might be the game that kind of leads me to that. So, again, don't love it at all and can see that, you know, this is probably not a bad bet for you and against a lot of people. But favorites rolled over the weekend in, in the football. I'm going to go with the favorite and book it. Since when do you care what favorites do? For a different sport. I love home dogs in college basketball. Right. So, what, so why don't you like Oklahoma? I don't think they're that good. All right. That's I got to do a little more research. I just don't think they're that good. I think Kansas is legit good, like yes. nationally. Yes. And I think Oklahoma is like Big 12 good. Like, you know, or it, it's not, I don't even know if they're going to make the tournament. Well, they need a game like tonight. They I mean, do. They're a yeah, bubble team at best. Like, and yeah. I think Kansas is is kind of I mean, Texas Tech is good. They that was a tough game. I don't Hell think a week. Hell yeah, week tech. Right. I don't I don't think Oklahoma's Texas Tech level. So I would take the I would take Kansas. We're gonna find out. I like OU a lot here. I I I think it's it's do or die time. Like outright like win? You think they got they, their live outright win? Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's it's do or die time. I mean, they they have no if they lose this game in college basketball, like we mentioned, you have dogs at home, backs against the wall, emotions come in, huge win for Kansas, you know, back to back home games. They nearly lost to Iowa State. Oklahoma beat Iowa State by thirteen points in a home game just last week. Yeah, so I'm going to take it's a hard conference to figure out. I think this is one of the deepest conferences um, in college basketball. I think we're definitely going to. I'll start the work this week. We're going to we're going to dive into it once we get past this divisional round and there's only three football games left in the NFL season. It'll be all college basketball. And only one other game I'm going to give you and this is I am Joe Public Squareville Central here on this play. I'm taking Wisconsin minus 2 on the road at Northwestern. This number is stunning to me. Northwestern's playing tough, okay? But they've won one time in their last five games, and that was an upset over Michigan State in their last game that stunned everybody going to Michigan State and winning. Now you got Wisconsin, who has covered a ton. Four straight covers. They're 11-6 and six, or 11-5, and five, I believe, against the spread so far this season. Betting or booking Wisconsin minus two. Why is it only two? Mm, it's a great question. It's going up. It's no longer two, but CLV society for this game, this game will close at four or five in my mind. It's already three, right? Uh, it's two and a half and the Westgate in the circuit. It's three everywhere else. Yeah. It's going to close um, at three and a half, four. Easy. You think? Yeah. Public's going to cut. I mean, not at DraftKings, 99% of the money's on Wisconsin. Of course. According, according to the report. Yeah. 
There's 10 bets on it. Nine of them are on Wisconsin. That's what that means. Okay. Um, all right. We'll bet this one with you. You don't think Northwestern's – what was Northwestern's last game? They beat Michigan last game, State? Michigan State on the road, yeah. Let down spot, right? Well, they lost their previous four. Uh-huh. This was two <laughs> last night when you bet it? Correct. It's two Maybe and a half the number's now. just wrong. I don't know. That's the, the, is this a is, is, is this, does Northwestern place a wrong. zone or something or so? Like, no, I, th- I think I think the the the, fee, the it, what's interesting is that like the, you're lean when it's Northwestern versus Wisconsin. You you lean under just the way these teams play. Right. What's cr- what's crazy is that Wisconsin has become an over machine. They have. It's really weird. It's it's like it's very un, unlike Wisconsin typical because of this offense that they've got. The total was 138 last night. It's 140 right now. 11 and 5 to the over for Wisconsin on the road. They're 5 and 2 to the over. Last 5 games have all gone over. Last 6 games have gone over for Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. 8 and 8 and 6 to Northwestern. Uh 5 and 3 to the over at home for Northwestern and Wisconsin now is favored by three, favored by two last night, now favored by three. So it just feels like the favorite and the over are the plays for this game tonight. What's Ken Palm have this? I haven't looked. Does he have his two? As the number? Yeah. Um, let me see. I was having I, problems with I Ken Palm I can't believe last night. how much a lot of the books rely on Ken Palm for the number. And Ken Palm should be getting a hell of a lot more money for what he does. Because there's books that are just basically – you know, populating their lines with his numbers. It's incredible. Um, it's probably two or three. That's why the line is two or three. But they've been wrong. Johnny, Johnny Davis has been the story of college basketball this year. Yeah. He's been tremendous for them. He's just been we'll bet so it. That's why, that that's why we're that's why we're going we're going over. Um we're betting it. it. You're betting it? Yeah. We're betting it. Yeah, I never can see uh, where. Yeah, so let's see. Um, Kempom has this as a one point line. Wisconsin. Yeah, minus one. Wow. Okay, so it's going to be the world against the books tonight. Yes. Yeah. Ninety ninety nine. Yeah, it's going to be every, one of those. Every, Everyone's on Wisconsin. Everyone's on Wisconsin. Like as the book, you got to go find the the Northwestern money. So, like if how high do you go to get it? I'm going to three or three and a half now, before before everybody, and going to get the money on on Northwestern. Then if it closes four, you know we kind of you know got them at a at a good number. Um, geez, we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out about Wisconsin a little bit here. See, I, I just don't think so. Not against, I just, I mean, I, I guess, just not against Northwestern. Northwestern I just don't Michigan think. Michigan State. Yeah, but that was a stunner. And as I told you, they had lost their previous four games. They lost to Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and Maryland. Their pre- previous Penn four State games. Back, baby, we're basketball school now. we <laughs> <laughs> poo-pooing that game. That was a good, that, that, that team. We can make eight point. Northwestern was an eight-point favorite. They lost by four, by the way. Yeah. FY, FYI. Penn State. Yeah. At home. Penn State's a good basketball school. Now I'm telling you. Got a coach, got everything working now. All right. 
do you guys care at all about basketball in Happy Valley? Man, I did. It was great. You did. Do, do you guys now? No one cares about basketball at Penn State. Come on. Hey, I was there when they were in the A10. Like it was, oh it was really. That's nuts. Yeah, I was there. Well, yeah, Mark Macon. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Penn yeah. State was in the A10. I forgot about that. Yeah, That's that was scary. before the Big Ten. And then I was there the, the, the first year they were in the Big Ten. And I made my three best friend fraternity brothers. I said, we're buying season tickets because I want to go to every game. You guys, you, you, you'll you thank me later. <laughs> the Fab Five game was incredible because it was 6,300 people in the building. You could wow. hear them talking on the bench. You were That's so cool. close. And we went the second they opened the building, and Jalen Rose was talking so much crap to the fans. We had so much fun. The first play of the game, he came up. Ray Jackson threw a ball up on a steal. He threw. We sat right behind the basket. The, so I was like, we stood up as he took the, the steal and was like, oh, he's going to just run and dunk it because we saw like six dunks in three years there. Like nobody dunked. It was, John Amici, like it was, it was, it was terrible. But white men, white men can't jump. He just nobody could jump. Like it was, we were waiting for the visitors to dunk. But Ray Jackson threw this ball up. I swear it went over the backboard. I was like, wait, what is he doing? Oh, Jimmy King came and grabbed it one-handed and smacked it down. We went nuts. All the locals wanted to kick us out. I was like, did you see that? That was the most athletic play we've ever seen in this building. We were high-fiving and this and that. We all had Michigan minus eight. They won by 10. It was a pretty good day. Yeah. I had that with Marcus Camby and Tim Duncan. So I had, <laughs> so that that's my Southern comfort story because oh. I, I, I won't drink. I cannot drink Southern comfort to this day because I was, I was a freshman in college. And so we, UMass back in the John Calipari days and, and in the, uh, the year after we were able to, it was cows last year. I was a freshman in college. We could camp out. And so we camped out. Marcus Camby up against Tim Duncan. It was you no actually camped out for tickets. Oh, I had tickets. It was to get in to get the seats because the student body was all first come first serve. Oh, for so basketball like, games they oh, did that. Hell yeah, 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 yeah. For UMass, absolutely. I mean, this is when UMass was. This is the Final Four year. This is 1996. This is Tim Duncan versus Marcus Camby. I still have the ticket. I still have the ticket up on the up on my wall. Can't even and, get it anymore to games you know, everything's on your phone you can't even ask right. me to print out a ticket it sucks yeah it's it, I, I'll, I'll give you that and so we started we we could line up at 10 a.m before the game that night it was a 7 30 tip tip and so we stood there right. and we were you lined up at 10 p.m the night before a.m oh, day of the game 10 a.m okay but it was middle of winter 10 it was, out there it was january oh no tent no tent and oh. so we just decided to buy a bottle. And so we had a bottle of Southern Comfort, of which I drank probably three quarters of On which. the sidewalk? Oh, yeah. We just poured it in a cup and we just, just go ahead and, and just, just we, it, was, it, was, it was all in front. It was all like lined. Everyone was lined up. And like, nobody bothered you. It's UMass. I mean, nah, no one cares. So we, we hit it. I mean, we weren't, we weren't like walking around like at a bottle going like, Hey, look at us with the bottle. Like we had it like, can I hit it? But, but like we had a bottle. And so we, I drank more Southern comfort. I went to the game. I was in the, I was mid court. I was 15 feet from Tim Duncan and Marcus Canby going at it. 
banging it? on each other, having just uh, it was incredible. I don't remember who won because <laughs> the second the game got over, I was sprinting to the nearest bathroom and I let go of my guts for hours and it was awful. And so the smell of Southern comfort to oh, this day, kills to this you. Day, I can never, I can't drink it. I can't. It's the most disgusting liquor that when you bring it near me, I just go, uh, uh-uh, that's it. I go, I can't. I probably had alcohol poisoning. I probably had something in me, but I, it was the worst. It was the absolute worst. You ever drink my, it again? I've never drank it again. Never, never. again. Since the morning of Marcus Camby and Tim Duncan, that basketball game in February of 1996, I've never drank it. I never have touched it. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Like, awesome. The next graphic's going to be you hold the bottle. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll go check. Maybe it was January because I, I know we, we, we were, we were, we were, I can't remember. Or maybe it was November. It, it may have been November because um, it was a yeah, non-conference yeah. game before yeah. because we came back from break. UMass had five weeks in between semesters. And the first night, yeah, we all got jobs and we all worked. We had a big break between semesters. And so we all came back. The night of the final four was when the entire student body came back for UMass Kentucky. So everyone just gets back. We're all seeing our friends again. UMass is in the final four. Kentucky spanks us. We get, we get beat and the entire campus rioted. I have never, I mean, like I feared for my life for a little while. They were throwing couches off the top of the building of a UMass has this living area called Southwest where they're all towers. There were kids taking up, taking couches and throwing couches out the window, 10 stories, 20 stories down shattering. And when it shattered, they grabbed all the remnants and they made it into a bonfire and then they burned it and they, and they burned it. There were cops on horseback. There were state trooper helicopters rolling around. Like it was absolute insane sanity for UMass. And I was like, Oh, you must never go back to the final four and you must never go back to the final four ever since. Just gracious. It was bad. It was embarrassing. I, I was very, I was embarrassed for my school. It was, it was bad. It was, it was they're listening to the show now. Oh yeah. Right. Kids there don't even know. They didn't go to the games. UMass basketball has been a train wreck since basically since they fired Bruce, Bruiser Flint. UMass basketball has done nothing. Oh, hopefully the kids that you were in college with now are following you and listen to the show. Oh, subscribe button. You probably well, Scott was. Yeah. Scott was I mean, one of my roommates was just hey, this gosh, listening. Scott, so tell the people. Oh. Scott's now a lawyer in New York. So, oh, because UMass is like half New Jersey, New York, half Massachusetts. Like, uh, so, Red Sox Yankees during that time was really oh, fun. Oh, awesome. A lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of brawling going, yeah. going back and forth yeah. uh, between the two. So, it was, it was good stuff. All right. Favorite thing about today? Favorite thing about today is that school starts again tomorrow. These kids have been off for five days. We, we, oh, the pause. Yeah. You had that. We didn't have that. Yeah, we had, we had a pause. So they've been off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Martin Luther King Day yesterday, and today. So the, the favorite thing about today is oh, that- Man, in high school, that must that would have been so fun. Not that we want COVID. Not that we want COVID going on. Let me correct. I'm not trying to say like it's a good thing. But like in high school, if you had given me a five-day vacation, yeah. ran, randomly give me a five-day vacation, oh my gosh, that's money. They've been partying up here in the Hamptons. Like, it's nothing. Like, well, you people, I had to explain to Kendall yesterday, you got one more day of staying up, and then you're going back on schedule tomorrow. Like, we're getting up. We're going to try to have a normal type day to get you back on schedule. So tonight, 
because they all outlasted me. I watched the Knights in a Penguin game last night, and boom, I was out. I was up early this morning, like usual. Everybody's still sleeping, I think. I didn't even go in the other side of the house to see what they're doing. But the favorite thing about today is that tomorrow, just get a little breathing room, everybody back to normal. I agree. I agree. What are you looking at? By the way, what is your hat? And people will be worried about my Packers hat. What is on your hat? This hat is was sent to me from a Daily Juice listener. It is Yeehaw Beer. Yeehaw? Yeehaw. Like Yeehaw. It's Yeehaw Beer. It's a brewery in central Tennessee. They've got some of the best gear I've ever seen from a brewery. He sent me sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats. So our friend Alan Bell. Let's go. Yeah. So our friend Alan Bell, who who works in Tennessee, has yeah. given me, has told me how good this place is. And he was like, dude, you don't know. Yeehaw beer. This is like, so I spent a lot of time in northern Alabama, which might have been southern Tennessee, because they I, I I was 10 miles from the border. So I, I I still have I'm on this is my ode to the Titans. So when you see me wearing Yeehaw, I might as well be wearing a Titans hat. Gotcha. So it's Yeehaw beer. I have never had it. It's only part of the brewery that I don't have. I got pictures. I got gear. I just haven't had the beer yet itself, but I've been told that it's very good beer. Have you been good. to the brewery in Tennessee? No. No. I never heard of it before. He just he said, hey, what's your address? I want to send you a bunch of stuff. I said, okay. He goes, would you wear it on the video? Would you wear hats on shows? I was like, yeah, send me whatever you want. And so I tell everyone, like, I'll wear, I'll wear you know, I can hawk myself out for anything. Like you got stuff you want me to wear. If you're, I'm going to do research. I got to look India. So before I wore it, I, I asked our guy right. Alan right. from CBS. I was like, Hey man, you're my Tennessee guy. What's with Yeehaw? He's like, dude, Yeehaw's good stuff. I was like, okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in. So that is a Yeehaw beer. There you go. Hat that I am, that I am currently sporting on the YouTube that you guys can see every day here. Uh, for me, my today is Today's a, it's a great day, obviously, but I'm nervous about tomorrow's like first day of school. I, I, I get two first days of school a year. And so like looking through the roster and looking at who is in the class and looking what I'm doing. And then like kids in the class 16. Oh, that's a, that's a, is that a 400 level class? This is no, like it's, a your class or is it a freshman sophomore? Two thirteen. So I teach UNLV has a four pronged audio course curriculum. Okay. I teach the first level. So okay. I teach, my job is to get them proficient on the mic to the point where they then can go and not have to, I'm the, I'm the fielding grounders, catching fly balls guy. Gotcha. Okay. I gotta, I gotta get you fundamentally secure, confident, and comfortable. Once okay. you're there, then we can work on the content. But if you can't, if you're not comfortable, it doesn't matter what you're saying. It's going to sound like crap. And that so can yeah. So my job is reps, reps, reps. So everything we do is about repetition, 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 fielding ground balls, catching pop flies, That's it. You know, doing all the basics, the fundamentals of being a broadcaster, essentially blocking and tackling is kind of what I teach. Do you and get so, nervous? I don't think I get nervous as much as like what you were talking about earlier about the way I'm 44 years old, right? So I went to college in a very different era. I'm more nervous about how am I going to interact and how do I connect with each kid? That's what makes me the most nervous is that right. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. I don't want to do something that will make it impossible for me to connect with that kid. 
So the mm. first couple of weeks, I'm always like handling everybody with kid gloves. Like I'm really, really cognizant and sensitive to everything I'm saying. And every time I talk to somebody, like, I'll be honest, like, you know, the pronoun thing is a tricky word world for me. Oh. So like, uh, if they come to me and say, I don't want you to use a masculine pronoun for me, like, okay, like I have to like really struggle to that's hard, but I want to respect them and want to give them and teach them properly. But it's, so I'm always very, in the beginning, that's, I'm not nervous about teaching the class. I'm just nervous about offending or creating an environment where the kids aren't going to feel comfortable and wanting to work. Right. So that's, that's my number one concern. So it's not like, cause every kid's has its own story. Every kid has his or her oh, yeah. path. And just, I have to kind of squirrel that out. I, I, I got to figure out, okay, what, what are you doing? Why are you here? What do you want to do this for? And, you know, you're paying me to teach you. So I've got to find a way to make sure that you're getting something out of it. And I mean, the class last time, like I mentioned earlier, was so unique because these kids took it and took the ball and ran with it. Like they just, they went oh, all it, in. That's the yeah. part about yeah. the whole thing is when yeah. that happens. It's the greatest. It makes you feel so, you know, it just makes you feel like you accomplished something. Like, it's all right. fulfillment that you can't really explain until yeah. you actually do it. It's just yeah. Like, I've always wanted to teach, but right. I never really, I guess the fulfillment of it is the fun, the fun part of, of watching them take what you teach them and then going and doing it and then them enjoying it and like them wanting to go and see like, how can I do more and what could I do oh, elsewhere? Yeah. And yeah, that's, you know, as you mentioned, like one of my students is going to go to Cape Cod to be a broadcaster this summer for the Cape Cod league. And like, oh, awesome. that's so freaking cool. Like, yeah, oh, like, I, I didn't do, I didn't do that. Like I never got a chance to do, to, to go to the Cape Cod league and broadcast. And she's, and she wants to do play by play. She's like, she wants to be a female play by play broadcaster. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is so cool. Like you're calling how baseball. hard it is, right? I mean, I did oh, that. She knows. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she's already done. She was an intern in the middle of Michigan for a short season independent oh, league already. Autumn, you did that. You know what that entails. That's good. So now, right. she, now the next step up is she used that resume builder for this summer to go to the yeah. Cape Cod League, which is like yes. the premier independent baseball yeah. league. And then she hopes to parlay that into something else and – you know, yes. keep, keep going up and she, she's really talented. She's, she's really, um, I, I put her in touch with people that I've already recommended her for jobs people that I've known just, she has right. a really nice delivery. And I'm like, you know what? Like you can really, you can do this. Like if you want to be in this career, you can do this. And so like, it's been fun because I've now been in radio for 20 years. That part of like telling a 21, 21 year old or 20 year old, like you could have a career in this if you want. The weight of that has been really fun for me because they're like, you see it in their eyes and they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, huh. And so they start to get that confidence that like somebody is, is hearing something or hearing or seeing something in them that gets them like, oh, okay. And so that's that's been fun. So it's a rewarding experience. For sure. I just got a little birdie uh, text before uh -oh. Okay. S strong rumors, Jimmy G, both his hand and his shoulder are not good. Wide movement. Well, I get the hand because I talk, when I watch the game, if you go back and watch, he was, he kept on like grabbing his hand. Like he kept on like, he got popped a couple of times with the Cowboys that I was like, well, he's, if he's got a problem with his hand already, he he aggravated it again. The shoulders new, is it not? 
uh, it's, that's a guy that like, you know, he hears a lot of stuff. That's okay. why I moved. So keep that in mind. It's four and a half now. Six. Oh, it's six now. Painted six. Yeah. yeah if Trey Lance, man, Trey Lance ain't winning the game in, the, in Lambeau. No. It ain't happening. I mean, you make them one dimensional. So, all right, we'll get into it all that tomorrow on the show right. for sure. That, that That's significant. He's Dave Sherpin. I'm Matt Peralta. Follow the show at Boston versus the book. Go subscribe to us on YouTube, Props YouTube, so you see us live every time and also on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your Apple or your, your audio podcasts. For us, back tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern for a Wednesday's Bostonian versus the book.